Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. Every single week we do the Warrior Hope podcast and here is why as we say at the beginning and at the end of every episode. We exist to connect veterans to their next mission. And as we also say, there are common obstacles that we face every time we do that. The most common obstacles that we see are isolation. Uh, that is veterans living alone, trying to do things on their own or unresolved hurts, unprocessed pain of the past. Now, it's important that we overcome those for several reasons. Two, namely, is number one, you have purpose. You were designed by God for greatness and a purpose from before time began. And number two, part of that purpose, in fact, I would say the biggest part of the purpose includes the people with whom you'll connect. Those people, they include your family, they include your friends, they include fellow service members. Remember those fellow service members, those are the people that had your six in the past when you were in the service, you had their six. They still need you and you likely still need them in order to connect to the next mission and I would say for you, there is a next mission. Now, the woman that I'm going to talk to today, she's a veteran in one of our online Zoom uh, Warrior Hope groups uh, right here. And in time, she thought, uh, well, you know what? I think I'm actually going to put a group together for women that are up where I live. I'm gonna do this not on Zoom. Now she started in Zoom in an online group but then she took that a step farther and began meeting with people in person. I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about that project with her today and how they started using this curriculum right here, Hope for the Warrior Family. Now, this one's actually even just a book. It's a great resource. I'll put the link down in the show notes. If you are a veteran spouse or if you are a veteran child or a veteran uh, loved one, significant other, this will give you uh, all sorts of insight about uh, just how uh, veterans see, sense, and feel uh, based on some of the experience they have. In fact, I would say that picture right there, that's actually Bob Walter, it's a co-author with me right there. I'm kind of the co-author with him. He took the lead on this. Uh, that's actually his father. And through the process of uh, producing the Invisible Scars documentary about PTSD and then producing the Honoring the Code documentary about moral injury, and then even walking through some of the other projects that we're doing now, he looked back at his dad's uh, behaviors and some of just his tendencies when Bob was growing up and says, you know, I wonder if maybe dad was just dealing with some of this trauma as well and we just didn't know how to handle it. We didn't have a grid to understand it. And so that led to this material right here. All of that is in the show notes. All right, here's the conversation. I'll be back at the end. Okay, so here we go. So Andrea has been leading a group up in, what, what area of the country are you in, Andrea? Um, Oklahoma. Okay, I, I was about to say that, but then I thought as soon as I, pinpoint you somewhere on the map like it's gonna it's gonna all change now Andrea was actually in a group as I mentioned you know earlier that I, I was in online via zoom so I've never met her face to face um, but now she's leading a group and leading it in a little bit different way than we did ours and so uh, really I want her to talk about her entire experience with all of that first question is this Andrea and thanks for hopping on. How did you hear about Crosswinds? Because we're, we're based out of Birmingham. We do a lot in Georgia, a lot of Tennessee, a lot of, you know, a lot of Birmingham. They've given out DVDs and videos, have people streaming the documentaries all over, but we, we don't necessarily interact every day face-to-face -face with people in Oklahoma. 
Yeah. Um, that's a funny question. Um, actually, I got the link on accident. <laughs> on accident? Uh, yes, I did. Um, um, but they sent me the wrong link. They sent me the link for that instead of the other thing. And so I got in there on accident. <clears throat> um, honestly, I, if someone told me in the, when I, the first, um, zoom that I ended up logging into, if they had told me it was like a PTSD moral injury group, uh, zoom, I went, I went, um, so I went in there and I think, I don't know if you probably don't remember, but I went in there and I was like, Oh, I think I'm in the wrong place. And someone asked me, I think maybe it was ginger, uh, it's probably ginger. And she was like, well, are you a veteran or, or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I am. She's like, nope, you're in the right place. <laughs> and um, and so I figured I'd check it out. Yeah. And um, uh, I gave out my information and someone private messaged or someone emailed me afterwards uh, because I was like, well, I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't need PTS to do this or whatever. I don't, you know, um, and they were like, you know, just just do two more, just do two more. And I, and I did and then ended up doing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I was in a dark place. Um, I don't know, I think it was meant to be because I was in a dark place uh, when I got that link and um, it, it pulled me out of that dark place, so. Did you know at the time that you were in a dark place that you were in a dark place? Or is no. it just by looking in hindsight <laughs> that you're like, oh gosh, I was dealing with something that I might not have. Cause sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you, you can't tell, you know? No, I didn't know. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> No, I remember you and I remember I remember Ginger reaching out to you. You know, she's local here, you know, to, to, to me. And uh, she's she's a friend. And you know, she said, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to to Andrea there. And and I remember, and this is completely fine. And I, I tell people this all the time. If we're ever doing a Zoom group, I remember sometimes like you just black ears out and like, hey, I'm just here, I'm just listening. Yeah. It's completely fine. You know, we let people come in and we never force anyone to share anything or talk about anything. If they want to participate at any type of level, they 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 can do that. And sometimes people who are leading worry about that. Like, hey, is that wise? And I'm telling them right here, yes, because here you have somebody who came in is like, I might be in the wrong place. Okay, well, all right, well, I'll, I'll listen. And, the, you know, and then I'll listen and you know, and and you probably were turning off your camera sometimes because you got kids yeah. and everything. So it's just, I'm a mom. Y'all are meeting at 7 p.m. or whenever we were doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're having to do other things completely fine. But then here you are. The result is you're now leading a group. So that's a pretty great story. Let me ask you this. What, what was kind of the big takeaway from the whole, this is the manual we went through. What, what was some of the like what's something that stood out through that whole process that was either related to the curriculum or related to just the experience or even just something where real life intersected with something that was said or taught? Oh my goodness. The whole thing. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could pick. Uh, I don't think I could pick a certain section. Yeah. Uh, something. Uh, there was something from everything that really, that really stood out to me, I guess in the very beginning Okay, so probably what really stood out to me was in the from the very beginning, um, when it was when it was telling you like what is PTSD or whatever. I guess I kind of didn't really know what it really was. Like I, I was diagnosed with PTSD before I left the military, but I kind of didn't really believe it. I thought they were just kind of trying to push me out. Um, I got medically retired. <clears throat> I didn't want to leave the military. I didn't think I had PTSD. I didn't know why they were pushing me out of the military. 
Um, but it really kind of opened up my eyes. Yeah. Well, so I, I think a lot of times people are afraid to talk about it because there seems to be like a stigma. Like if you got pushed out of the military, you know, because you, you, you know, shattered femur, shattered leg, what, whatever, like there, there, there wouldn't be a stigma to that at all. But then, you know, sometimes if it's a, a mental or emotional type thing, whether it's moral injury, PTSD, whatever, it's somehow, it, thankfully that conversation is now normalizing to where people are like, hey, let's just talk about it and deal with it and move forward. But I, I could see that. Tell me in terms of leaving, you know, a group and then deciding Hey, I think I'm actually because that's a pretty big swing. I don't know if I'm in the right place. They're like, hey, I, th- I think I'm just going to leave because you haven't been trained to lead a group. So I mean, we have training, but you know, you didn't, which people don't have to go through. I mean, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to leave. I can do this. I mean, we believe in you. You can. So what what was that? Just uh, honestly, that happened on accident. Also, uh, I took a book uh to um my my church does bible study groups but they they don't just do bible study groups they do like financial peace university and some other things and so i was like hey well maybe i can get someone to lead this group (laughs) oh you're gonna try to pawn it off on somebody (laughs) yes yes i was and then i brought it i brought it up to uh we set up a brand new vfw i helped stand up a brand new vfw in our town people who don't know as veterans of foreign wars. Um, And I had last previous episode, Andrew Farr, who is the chaplain of the VFW and state of Tennessee was on. So just to help people make the connection. Okay. So go go ahead. So you guys set up a a new post in Oklahoma. Yes. Okay. Um, And I, so I, I tried the same thing there and what happened is uh, the church was like, no, that's not how this works. You bring, us you bring that up and then you're like you're the leader of that group oh the same thing happened when i brought up to the vfw they're like yeah that's great uh when are you going to start that (laughs) so i was like no 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 we need to find someone else i'm not ready for that i just barely went through this myself and they're like well uh i don't know and then so i i i talked about it with my va therapist and she's like you're a leader she's like i don't know why you're scared to do this she's like you need to do it and I just just did it, I guess. <laughs> so when you guys started, you got you guys are using uh, you're using this material, I guess, as the basis, but you're using the family book. Um, so you know you're so you're doing it different. I, I wouldn't even know how to tell people how you're leading that group because okay. I, I only do it with this book, you know, in the slides. I, I know it's in this book, you know, obviously because Bob and I wrote it, but like, tell us how, how, like, what's the experience? Like, what are you guys do? How, how are you leading it? And why was that decision made? It makes sense. So um, I assumed was that that book was for the family members. And so um, I handed that book over to my spouse and was like, here, if I have to lead a group, so do you. And yeah. you're going to do, he's the president of our auxiliary, our VFW auxiliary. And so I was like, here yeah. you go you are now leading a group too. While I'm doing my group, you're going to be on the other side doing this group for the family members. So you're going to lead this and he's going to lead the family members. Okay. And so that's what, that's what's happening. (laughs) Okay. So you guys have two concurrent groups. I mean, and that's, that's, that's beautiful because a lot of people would think if they saw 
this is just the stereotype. If they saw a husband and a wife walking in, they they would assume that the husband is the veteran is going to do this and that the wife is the family member, um, even though two guys wrote this. (laughs) Like, so it would. okay. so that's how y'all are doing it. You're doing the veterans. He's doing the family members. How is that going? Oklahoma's a little rough sometimes. Um, they were finding out that the that my husband Daryl was doing the spouse one or you know family member one, and I was doing the veteran one, and they were kind of turned off by that. They'd be like, "Oh, well, why is she doing this one and he's doing that one?" And without coming in and finding out what the deal is, that they really weren't coming in. Yeah. And so, um, and so I got I reached out to a church member who was. Um, who I deployed with, I deployed with um, uh, 275 Ranger Ranger Battalion, and not very many females have done that. A lot of people wouldn't know that. A lot of people wouldn't know that. Well, really, nobody would know that unless they were deployed with me to know that I had actually been in combat, uh, unless they actually came into the group. So I could see why they might be turned off or whatever. Yeah, because you're not just wearing that on your sleeve. Uh, I mean, that's not... Yeah. Uh, I, I reached out to him and he was like, yeah, I'm down. I'll, I'll co-lead. And so he, um, once I got him on board, he's been sick uh, with COVID. So he hasn't actually been in, but once they started advertising that all of a sudden people are like, oh yeah, I'm here for the group. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like that, yeah, that people are going to trust you with <laughs> their life. Uh, you know, but then you're like, well, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to listen to what she has to say in a group, you, you know? Yep. Um, set up to where we're meet, we're meeting for the curriculum one week, and then we we started this little thing that we're calling Warrior Nights, kind of following along with Warrior Hope. Um, yeah. And Warrior Night is um, where we do events. Like we're not doing the curriculum or anything like that, but we're all getting together, um, veterans and the family members. All everybody's getting together, and we're doing things like a um, Super Bowl party. Um, bowling, axe throwing, uh, game night. Uh, we do, um, stuff like that. Um, and then since we started this, some other cool things have happened. Like people have in the community that offer other services have stepped forward and asked us if we, if we want to part, partner with them to do equine therapy. Um, and then there's like a service dog. Um, I guess I don't really know what I would call that, but they, they offer, a service where the dog will come in and just the service dog comes in and just kind of hangs out during our group and just kind okay. of will go from veteran to veteran. Like if a veteran is getting triggered, they just kind of sit with them and let them pat them or whatever. Or, yeah. Um, so some cool stuff has kind of came about. All because you tried to recruit somebody else to lead the group that you <laughs> were supposed to lead. That's interesting. <laughs> no, that sounds incredible. So I mean, that's another great way to, I don't know, maybe let people know that it's easier than you think on some level, because, you know, when we teach this, we generally do it just 10 weeks straight in a row, or we'll do an intro week and then give out the books, run through it 10 weeks at the end. We always do like, you know, I've had people over and had a cookout at my house multiple times. Uh, We've had other people that have done this. Uh, in one day, I've, I've taught it primarily when we're training leaders in a day, but there are other people who have done it in a day. Um, there was one group, uh, Scott Landreth, he's he's actually a guy that will be featured 
uh, on one of these episodes here and was in the previous uh, previous uh, season that has a service dog uh, that really enabled his wife to get out of the house and him to get out of the house. I mean, he was homebound for, for a decade until some of those things happened and gave him a breakthrough. He was going to lead a group where they were going to meet, I think, once a month. And just stretch this thing out. That's what we said. But we're like, man, you can do it however you want to do it. But then <laughs> when when they all got together and they started learning, they're like, no, we're going to do it every week. In fact, we may even do it faster. So, okay, great. And then you guys, you have all these families there. You guys are obviously, you know, doing it as a family. So you go and you said, hey, we're just going to do it every other week. We're not in a hurry, but we're meeting every week. But the every other weeks, we are, we're just going to do something fun and really implementing that camaraderie piece because one of the big issues that we see uh, is well it's it's two obstacles i say them every time we're doing the intro to this is obstacle number one is isolation and so mm-hmm. often you know veterans have high camaraderie high trust when, when deployed but then they get out and you don't have that so there's isolation and then number two you know hurts from the past unprocessed pain so it's like you guys are doing the work one week across the board. And then the other week, you're like, I mean, forget about it. The hanging out and being connected is as important as the other pieces. And a lot of times, probably the best stuff happens. I imagine the deepest stuff happens when you're bowling or at the Super Bowl party or just in the downtime when people are drinking coffee or talking or eating tacos or whatever. So just last night, we met at a Jewish bakery and, um, uh, luckily, the owners are part of the group because okay. um, we were there uh, over two hours after they closed. And I mean, it was nobody wanted to go home. <laughs> we we're just everybody yeah. was just hearing stories. Yeah. Tell me, like, m- maybe what's been as we close out most beneficial for you out of the whole experience here. And then just what you would say, what advice you'd give to someone else who might be listening that's just kind of on the fence, go, well, I don't know if I want to get in a group or I don't know if I should lead a group. They might be on the fence at any of those places where you were. So two questions, you know, kind of what's just been most beneficial to you personally, and then just what you would say. Uh, Personally, for me, what's been most beneficial is um, getting out of my comfort zone. I myself was homebound for several years. Um, I'm, I'm 100%, uh, I have 100% um, service-connected reading, uh, mostly for PTSD. Um, uh, I had a service dog, but she got, uh, she was injured, so she had to be put into retirement. Um, and uh, that's mostly why I was uh, joining by Zoom. <laughs> I mean, by uh, like picture uh, instead of video. And yeah. So I'm not gonna lie, my, my palms got sweaty when I realized I had to do a video instead of just audio today, but um, getting out of my comfort zone. Um, and then um, the other question, I'm sorry, again. Well, just uh, what you would say to somebody that was on the fence, but so you, you were at Ranger School. I didn't go to Ranger School. I went to um, like, pre-range, like pre-Ranger School. Okay, so, uh, so pre-Ranger School, you know, you guys are climbing and scaling heights and all kinds of stuff on obstacle courses. I mean, just absurd stuff. And I am afraid of heights, it, honestly. I was, I am airborne. I have fast ropes. I've done all that. I've done air assault. I am afraid of heights. I cannot climb a ladder. <laughs> I will to this day not go on a plane without a parachute. But you'll fast rope. Yes. <laughs> See, and and then this is this is out of your comfort zone. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> it's all yeah. perspective, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's weird. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I mean, you know, so as far as somebody that might be on the fence, you know, either attending a group or, you know, saying, hey, I've been through one and I want to leave, but maybe somebody else should do it. You know, what what would you say there? Um, do it. Um, don't be nervous. Um, uh, the people that are coming in the group are nervous, too. In fact, last night, um, last night we had a new member who hadn't been to uh, like any of the curriculum nights before. And, um, I literally had to call and, um, coax her into the bakery, um, in order for her to come inside. And she was actually, her and her husband were the ones who stayed two hours after closing. Um, we get there. They were there four hours. We were there four hours. Um, so, uh, don't be scared. And then also, um, um, and don't be afraid of people not showing up some people like we didn't have a lot of people showing up in person but we have people showing up by zoom um some people um will maybe not tell you that uh, will tell you that they're not interested but they'll pass information along like they had a couple of people say that it wasn't for them but um they would give the information to a family member so we have someone that joins by zoom in texas like way down south by the ocean in texas we have someone that joins um in michigan we have someone that joins up by Vermont. Um, yeah. So don't be scared to get started. <laughs> it's spreading. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Hey, thank you so much for taking time to share with us. I appreciate just your uh, also, you know, transparency and just the vulnerability there about just the whole process, you know, for you. Uh, it's It's been really helpful. It's blessed us to see that growth in you. I know it's been really helpful for other people. You know, you think about the people that now uh, you're benefiting, like, like the couple last night, four hours in a bakery that, I mean, it all goes back to, I mean, you, you got on the Zoom, you know, back, you know, yeah. a year or so ago and then kept coming back and then kept learning and growing and then say, hey, I'll, I'll apply it. I'll teach it. I'll take it. And so, man, you never know like where, it's, it's going to go. And I think that really kind of highlights why we say on here a lot of times that, you know, part of your mission, it has to do with your purpose and finding that, but it also has to do with the people that are going to be affected by you walking in your purpose that includes your family, it includes your friends, it includes fellow service members, uh, even ones that you may not know that you had their six, they had your six back when you were in service. And now part of your purpose and part of theirs is going to be continuing to have that as you walk it forward. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the work that you did in the past, the work that you're doing right now. Um, after you take off the uniform, you got on a VFW shirt right there. That's the outpost, and what you're connected to. Uh, we appreciate you and are grateful for you and your husband. Um, you'll got a lot of great stuff ahead. appreciate you so much for joining me and Andrea today on the Warrior Hope podcast. Again, as we say at the beginning and the end of every episode right here, I'm going to show it to you on the screen. I know it's lost to you if you're listening on audio, but we connect veterans to their next mission. The most common obstacles that we see, we mentioned this throughout the podcast today, are isolation and unresolved hurts. As you saw also, 
We really believe that your mission matters because you have a purpose and that purpose that you have, it affects a lot of people. Those people include your family, your friends, and your fellow service members. And you have no idea, as we saw in her story, who will be affected by what you do now as you walk in healing. And that's not to put a burden on you. It's just to kind of free you up to explore this. Now, here are my top three takeaways. As always, I would love for you to just respond back, send us a message, let us know what your takeaways were. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment, let us know what you're learning, what you saw, what affected and reached out to you the most. Number one is this, uh, the place where we meet is a safe place, safe space. I know that that term can be so misused, but look, I really want to just kind of use the term in a great way. It's a safe place. You can go at your own pace. If there is a group that's meeting on Zoom near you, we advertise them. We do them all the time. If there's a group that's meeting live, you can get into obviously Andrea's group because they've got people, even though they're in Oklahoma, they got people Zooming in from all over. Jump in. You can always go as she did and as she allows people to do at their own pace. Here's the next thing is number two, we all have blind spots. Uh, I, I love the idea that when she came to the group, she did not know that she was actually struggling with PTSD. She had been diagnosed with it before, as she said in her own story. Uh, she really knew there were some unresolved hurts that were there, but she thought, hey, that's not why I would be in this group. Yet then all of a sudden something breaks open, something breaks free, and then she's moving forward. Okay, you might have a blind spot there as well. We all have blind spots. And that's really why it's important that we remove the isolation, we connect with other people. And that's really the way that you're going to overcome the pain of the past that's unresolved. Here's the third takeaway that I've got. My final one is this, do it in your own way as long as it's healthy and as long as you have people with you. So you saw they're doing a Warrior Hope group completely different than any way that we've ever done it. I think they're doing a fantastic job and we commend them for what they're doing. You can do it in your own way too. Even if you're not doing a group, you can apply this to other areas. As you're walking out your healing process, as you're walking to your next mission, whatever that mission is, just do it however it works for you. It's not so important necessarily how you do it, but that you actually do something. It's not so important that you make all the progress in one day, but that you actually make a little bit of progress along the way every single day. Now, as we shut off the recording, uh, Andrew said, hey, there's one more thing that something you said just made me think about, and it has to do with people that were in our area that were calling for help related to suicide. And she mentioned it, it was a result of the group that they have and all of a sudden the support system that was in place, not just the class, but also the camaraderie, not just the course nights, but just those warrior nights where the families get together and they just eat and they talk and they share and they really have just started doing life. Again, because you can't do it in isolation. You were never designed to do it in isolation. So as I close out, at the end, I'll kind of play the outro music, but I'm gonna stop talking and I want to roll into this and share with you what she highlighted to me about the impact that that group has made in a radically short time in the Oklahoma area. Here's Andrea once again. So when we first opened up our our new VFW post in our town, uh, we were getting 
several phone calls every week from veterans who were thinking of committing suicide. Um, since we started this group and our warrior nights, um, we're, we're maybe getting just a couple of phone calls a month. Obviously, it's still too many. Yeah. Um, any phone calls are too many, but uh, the, the phone calls have gone way down. Um, so it's, it's making a difference. So that, that's awesome. So they're that now, now they're able to show up and instead of a phone call, able to process yeah. with live people at, I mean, you said you, you guys were at a Jewish bakery. Yes. And a class. I mean, yeah, the connection works anywhere. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that.